Welcome to Birth Mothers Amplified, giving a voice to the women behind adoption. Hosted by Emma and Mathani. All right, welcome everyone back to another episode of Birth Mothers Amplified. It's Emma here. And Mathani. So today we have Mackenzie on. Mackenzie, hello. Thank you for joining us. Hi. So today we'll be talking um, about having a supportive family during a teen pregnancy. We'll be talking about having a very, very open adoption and having a toxic birth father in the beginning of the journey. So with that, Mathani, want to get, give a guest intro? Mackenzie's a birth mom of three years um, in a very open adoption with her daughter and her daughter's parents. This November, she'll be moving to Washington to start um, flight school, which is super exciting. She'll work in as a flight attendant. And as she's going to school and she's hoping just to travel, she loves to travel. All right, so Mackenzie, go ahead and just um, tell us about your story. Um, we're excited to hear it. Okay, I found out I was pregnant when I was 16. At the time, I was in an abusive relationship, and um, when I found out I was pregnant, I broke up with him. I thought it was best for me and my baby not to be involved in that. I told my mom that I was pregnant a couple weeks after I took a test because I was scared. So I told her after I told my sisters, and then... um, when I went to go tell my dad, me and my mom decided to have a whole day where we took him out and did his favorite things. So <laughs> when we told him that I was pregnant, he was in a better mood. Soften him up a little bit. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and um, my dad was not mad, but he was disappointed in me. So that broke my heart. Yeah, that's worse. That's worse. (laughs) Yes. After he was really supportive, he was just kind of mad. We didn't tell him sooner. When I was trying to decide if I wanted to keep her or not, her birth father was blowing up my phone or my friend's phones, my parents. He would just try and show up to my house. He tried to show up to my school and he was threatening me. I didn't think keeping her would be the best option. And one of my friends from high school told me about how she did an adoption and she has an open adoption. So I was thinking about doing that. A couple days after I talked to my friend, my other friend that I grew up with my whole life told me about how her mom knows this couple who has been trying to adopt and has been on a waiting list to adopt for a while. And they're really great people. So I kind of talked to the adopted parents through my friend's parents, kind of got to know a little bit about them. And they told me what adoption agency they went through. So I ended up setting up a meeting with that adoption agency. I went to the meeting with my mom and me, and I sat down and talked to the caseworker, and she showed me the book that the adopted parents set up. 
and me and my mom were reading through it and just looking at it for about 30 minutes. We really loved them. And my caseworker asked if we wanted to look at any other couples and me and my mom were like, no, like this is the couple. Mm -hmm. Like we think they're the couple for us. They think like they're the parents. Had you met them at this point? Uh, no, I haven't met them yet. Okay. I just talked to them through my friend's parents. Okay. So I brought the book home and me and my sisters and my dad looked through it. We all really liked them. So we decided to carry on and decide to meet them. We set up a meeting and went out to eat with them and their caseworker and me and my parents and my caseworker. We decided to tell them the gender of the baby too because they kept asking what the gender was and we wouldn't tell them. We wanted to surprise them. When we sat down at the lunch, we were talking and we just clicked really good. Like we already knew each other for like years and our like best friends kind of situation. It was just an instant like click moment, you know? They asked us if we could tell them the gender. And so we brought out this little bag and they opened it and inside it had a bunch of girl dresses. And then they opened up the card and inside the card had her ultrasound saying that it was a girl. Aww. And the parents just bust out crying. They were so excited. And the dad was like, I told y'all that I was a girl dad. I told y'all <laughs> I was going to be a girl dad. Did they have any other children? No. Okay. This was their first. Oh. They were just so excited. It was just so fun. We went and took a bunch of pictures. And I told them about the situation with the dad. And we agreed to keep it kind of private, like certain parts of the pregnancy private, because I did post about my pregnancy, but I only posted like certain things, like never mm -hmm. how far along I was or my due date or anything like that, because mm -hmm. we didn't want the dad to know. Yeah. Throughout afterwards, we kept in contact with the parents. We shared our numbers with each other. I gave them my social media accounts because they don't have social media, but they actually do like to keep track of my social media. And How far along were you at this point of deciding on them? Like six months. Okay. Do you okay. think that once meeting them is when you really felt confident about adoption period or did you know you were going to pursue adoption, whether or not it was this couple? I was kind of just like iffy. I wanted to do it because I thought it would be safest for her. But like in my heart, I wanted to keep her. When I had doctor's appointments, um, we would invite the parents to go with us so that they could see it too because we wanted them to be involved one time after my ultrasound appointment, I was about, I think like seven, eight months. And we'd been discussing names for a while, but we, we kept like going back and forth on names we liked and didn't like. I mentioned to the parents about how I really wanted to choose her middle name. So that way her name wouldn't completely change 
because I also know another birth mother from my school. She named the daughter one name and then the adoptive parents changed her name and she still calls her by the name that she gave her. So I didn't really mm -hmm. want that situation because I thought it'd be kind of confusing and weird for her. They were telling me that they found a name they like that was really special and was kind of after me end up having the middle name be after my grandma mm. and that was kind of special that I've, I've heard in several or several um with several birth mothers that adoptive parents want to honor a birth mother in that way be they're choosing a mm -hmm. middle name they want it or whatever it is it's a very sweet way to offer a yeah just recognition yeah yeah it really made me feel good did they live close by Oh yeah, they live really close to me. We okay. have each other's like addresses and everything. So if anything happens, we know where we are. So y'all started very open. Yeah, we're really oh. close. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, take us to the hospital. When we got to the hospital, cause I just was at a doctor's appointment and she was um, pushed up against my lungs because like, you know, your organs and everything move up mm -hmm. but because I was so little could only go so much mm -hmm. so she was constantly on my lungs so I had trouble breathing and I was in mm -hmm. the hospital almost every day because I couldn't breathe or I would be oh, having wow. asthma attacks and stuff so they sent mm -hmm. me to a specialist because they were worried the specialist ended up telling me that it looks like I went into labor the night before, but I couldn't feel the contractions yet. So oh, wow. that, was, that was not fun. <laughs> and my hospital was, that I was supposed to have her was 40 minutes away from where I was at, at the specialist. So that was not a fun car ride either. Oh my goodness. No. Did your mom drive you? Yes. And I thought, you know, she had three kids, you know, she'd be calm. She was freaking out. <laughs> so she was scaring me and she was Aww. freaking out the whole time. And there was really bad construction through one of the neighborhoods we had to go through. So that was not fun either. And it made it <laughs> oh, like no. an extra 10, 15 minutes. And I'm sitting there trying to turn my music up and just kind of calm down. So I'm already scared. Like I'm 17 right. about to have my first kid. I'm terrified. When I got to the hospital because of the dad, I was a no-name patient. So they had for me down as a Jane Doe. Didn't want my name on the door or anyone to call and ask if I was there for my own safety and for my daughters. The labor was really long. It was three days. Um, wow. I was tired. I wanted mm -hmm. to shower. <laughs> <laughs> I felt disgusting. Thankfully, I got the epidural as yeah. I couldn't feel the contractions for mm -hmm. the first two days. I did not feel them. I was having contractions like crazy, and they said they were really strong contractions. I couldn't feel them. Wow, so nice. when I woke up in the morning on Wednesday, which is the day I had her, I started feeling the contractions. So they gave me the epidural a little bit earlier. 
than they needed to because I was in labor for so long. Mm-hmm. And when I went to finally have her, my epidural wear was starting to wear off. Mm-hmm. As that was happening, my doctor thought that because I wasn't supposed to have her until November and it's the middle of October, she thought, you know, I'd be fine. So she went on a vacation. So my doctor wasn't there and only one doctor was there. And as I was ready to go and have her, another woman needed to go have an emergency C-section. So they made me wait while my epidural's wearing off and all I have is my mom and my sister in my room to leave me for about an hour while I'm dilated 10 and you can literally see her head like this far. Oh my gosh. And they decided to leave me to go do this um, C-section, which I understand, but also like <laughs> I'm dying here. Like bring someone in the room to get this kid out of me. And after an hour, cause normally it would take like an hour and a half, but I made my doctor hurry. I started screaming <laughs> and I was like, you better get here now and you better come get this baby out of me because if <laughs> not, I'm, my sister is um, in medical school. So she was like, well, it's fine. If your doctor takes any longer, Mackenzie, just push and I'll catch her. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. Crazy. I love crazy. the medical terminology. I'll catch her. <laughs> I'll catch her. Yeah. She's crazy. Oh my gosh. And they finally came. And I pushed for about 30 minutes. It made it a little bit easier because I started throwing up. So each time I threw up, I pushed a little bit more. So that made it a little bit easier. Oh, girl. After I had her, she started to cry. And as soon as they set her on me, she stopped crying. Mm. And the first thing Mm. I said about her was... um, she is so messy. And then I started crying. Oh, she was just the cutest little thing ever. Um, she was actually a really good baby. She Hmm. only cried when, um, the doctors touched her. She was upset. She's like, you made me wait. Yeah. With you. (laughs) I think the cutest thing is when she was getting her hearing test right after I had her because I had her at night and she absolutely hated being set in the crib. She Mm. would lay down in the crib for maybe three minutes before she would start crying or screaming. So in order for her to sleep, you had to hold her. Then the adoptive parents came in the morning, like early in the morning. Was that the original plan? Was for them uh, yeah. to come later? Okay. Mm-hmm. We weren't sure when I was going to have her, but because I had her at a 11.52 at night, they end up letting me stay longer in the hospital. The adoptive parents were going to wait until um, I said it was okay, and mm-hmm. I ended up texting them in the morning and told them that they could come up to the hospital and they got there as soon as I told them. The first thing they did was give me a big hug. They brought me breakfast. Mm. They brought me my favorite, which was um, pumpkin spice pancakes and Mm. bacon. 
then my mom showed them my daughter they cried in like happy tears looks on their faces I have like a picture that they didn't know that I took of when they were first holding her and Mm -hmm. they just look so in love and so happy and it looks like it was just meant to be they just continued being really supportive if I needed anything they brought it to me Um, if I asked for anything they would give it to me I let them just hang out with her for a while when I went to go sign my rights away it was really Mm -hmm. hard I wanted to keep her because you know that's my kid but Mm -hmm. I knew I couldn't because mm-hmm. I didn't want her dad to be in her life. And the parents just kind of gave me closure. And they're like, whatever you want to do, and we'll support you whichever way you want to do it. If you decide you want to tell her everything about her dad, we'll support that too. Like, whatever you want to do. Have you thought about that? Because, I mean, it's inevitable. Emma and I have talked about this, how, you know, the day that our daughters ask us about, you know, their birth father, you know, I personally, I'm dreading that day. (laughs) Um, Have you thought about how you're going to approach that or have you not really, because I mean, she's still really little, so you have time. Um, I am hoping that she's not too curious about him Mm -hmm. and maybe it just asks like what did you know about him but maybe not like want to meet him is what I'm hoping I'm not really sure how I would go about it I would choose to tell her more of the good things about when we were together and like Mm -hmm. the good things that he did so she gets a general idea so I don't have to tell her too much just because it was really hard it's a fine line between wanting to answer questions honestly right and to give the true true answers but like you said you would never want your child or an adoptee to question their value or worth just because of an unideal situation and so Luckily, you it sounds like you have such a supportive family and amazing adoptive parents that can help you figure out how to handle it. Mm-hmm. And you don't you don't have to answer those questions alone or figure out what to right. say or how to say it. And like Mathani said, I mean, she's only three, so hopefully there won't be there won't too be too much. many co- complex, serious questions yeah. too soon. And and um, you have other people to lean on. Okay, so. Mackenzie, what was placement like? Did y'all do that in the hospital or did y'all do that later on? So we did it in the hospital because um, I wanted her to go home with them because they had a chance where um, we could wait a month and then place her with them. But I mm-hmm. wanted her to go straight home with them and start bonding with them right away. I felt like it was best. And I felt like it would just be the best situation for her and for me. And also, so, you know, I could know how she was doing too. That was really hard. Signing my rights way. I think I sat in the hospital room 
just staring at the papers while holding my daughter for probably an hour, just crying, mm. trying to figure out like, how am I going to write? Yeah. I'm sorry. You're good. Take um, it My sisters and my parents and I also uh, all kind of sat in the room together and cried. We love the parents, but it was just really hard to do. You know, we love her too, and we didn't want to, you know, not get to be with her. But mm -hmm. we knew it was best. Even my caseworker, um, me and her got really close during my pregnancy. She just sat there and she cried with me, and she just told me, if I'm having doubts about it, then I can't. I don't have to do it, you know, supporting me, whichever decision I chose to do. I decided to still sign the papers because that was my plan all along. It just sucked a lot because mm -hmm. not getting to take her home with me. After I signed my rights, the parents uh, came back in the room and they just gave me a bunch of hugs and just told me, they're proud of me and they're here for me and whenever I want to see her just tell them and I can go see her just kind of reminding me that we'll always be together even if we're not physically together when I went to go leave the hospital we just kind of sat down in the waiting room in the lobby for like two hours because I wasn't ready to leave without her, so they didn't want to leave the hospital until I felt comfortable doing it. Mm. And so when I finally felt comfortable is when we um, left the hospital. Well, it shows and, that they were really looking out for your best interests as well. And after I had her, they sent me pictures every day and they gave me updates probably every couple hours. I was having really bad depression after having her. I was having mm -hmm. postpartum and then, you know, yeah. not getting to keep her made it worse. The way the adopted parents went about it really did help me with how I healed. Even though I wasn't with her, I still wanted to know like how she was doing, what she looked like, what, what is she wearing today, you know? Almost a month after I had her, we had a visit together. They dressed her up in an outfit that was one of my favorite outfits. I just sat there and held her and cuddled her and fed her and like burped her and stuff. During Christmas, it was hard because holidays, they made sure to just be there for me, make me feel like even though I'm not there, I'm still there in a way. Yeah. Mm. And I really think that if the adoptive parents didn't do what they did for me, that I don't know if I would have healed the way I did. Mm. So was that always part of y'all's post-adoption uh, plan? We never really decided on how we were going to have it. They haven't looked too much into doing a completely open adoption like we were. But then when we met, it kind of changed things. Mm. So we kind of just went about the adoption, whichever way we felt comfortable doing it. Originally, we made sure to have 
at least one adoption, like one visit a year, but um, I see her way more than once a year. How often do you see her? Four times a year. Uh, Because of COVID, I haven't got the chance. I got to see her for her birthday. We were supposed to see each other around the time that COVID just hit, which I don't remember when it was. Around March would make sense. It was like March. I ended up seeing her in June, which was a couple months after we planned because we like to have um, a visit for her birthday. Then we like to have one after the holidays and have one around like March or April. And then we like to have one in the middle of the summer Mm. and then also kind of have another one spread out randomly. Yeah. And so we like to do that. So COVID kind of got in the middle of our plans and kind of ruin them, mm-hmm. but we still make sure to see each other about four times a year. And yeah. actually, uh, they're having her be a flower girl in my sister's wedding. Oh, how sweet! My next visit, me and my sister are going, and mm. my sister is going to talk to them about the wedding plans and everything, so she can be mm. a flower girl. And we're oh, going to surprise awesome. the rest of my family with her being in the wedding. Oh, I love how much she means to your family, that they want to be involved in her life as well. A lot of my family have actually met the adoptive parents or at least the adoptive mom because she was at my baby shower. A lot of my family can't wait to see her again yeah. in June for the first time. In our last episode, we talked about how helpful it is for birth parents to get to meet and see other people part of the adoptive parents' family. But I think it also goes both ways where it's really helpful for the adoptive family to get to meet and be involved in the birth parents' life and get to meet their friends and their family. I think it really helps bring both sides together. And I know it can make it really special Mm -hmm. for the adoptee. Yeah, um, I've met their family too, some of their family members, and made it really special too. I know some people who, you know, have been adopted and their parents kind of look at it as they're not family, you know, they just gave them a kid. What I love is like, we always tell each other we're family, like we're just a big family. We always tell June that she has one dad and two moms and she even calls me mom or she calls me mama mac Mm. is my name oh that's so cute mama mac how did y'all decide that um we kind of let her decide on what she wanted to call us we didn't we were just going to do kind of like mama mac like this is your birth mom and you know when I saw her at her six month visit, she was already kind of talking hmm. and she called me mama. And from then on at her visit, she'll kind of just call me mama randomly. It was just something that she started calling me on her own. Yeah. And she even calls my grandpa, I mean, my dad, her papa. And I think it helps that they they talk about us to her and they also have pictures of us in their house and they have pictures of me all in her room for her to look at to remind her who I am. Well, Mackenzie, I I want to ask as someone who, you know, experienced a teen pregnancy, what advice would you give 
expectant moms or birth moms that have had or experiencing a teen pregnancy? In my opinion, it is really hard. And it's a difficult thing to decide if you want to carry on with the pregnancy, if you want to keep the baby or you want to adopt, you just need to follow your heart because there's always going to be people who are going to be like, you're too young to be a parent, but you can do whatever you want, no matter how young you are. I don't think teen pregnancy is the idea time to get pregnant, but I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with that because I know a lot of people do think of it as something bad and Mm. I don't look at it as that because it's a baby and whether you want to have an abortion or adoption or keep it that's your decision and I don't think there's a wrong way to go about it do what you feel is best for yourself but Mm -hmm. also for your child whatever you think would give your child the best chance at having the best life they could you hit the nail right on the head um with you really just have to decide what's best for you and every one situation is different you know adoption isn't for everyone first i just want to say um i love your story thank you so much for sharing that with us today and um thank you as you enter into a new season of you know, moving across the country and um, starting flight school and being a flight attendant. What is your hope for the relationship between you and um, your daughter and her parents? Before I even looked at the school, um, I kind of talked to the parents about it because when it comes to certain things, I get their opinion on a lot of it. Before I make big decisions, I sit down and talk to them about it. They told me, you know, We'll keep in contact with each other. We'll make sure to talk daily or weekly, keep tabs on each other, make sure everything's going okay. They remind me that no matter how far away I live or no Mm. matter where I'm at, that I'll always still get to come back and see her. They've even talked about, you know, coming to visit me Mm. wherever I choose to live, coming to visit me as well so that I don't have to always just come back here. They can come to me and we can just kind of go back and forth from that. Well, Mackenzie, we cannot thank you enough for coming on to this podcast and sharing your story. Um, Even three years in, you have such great perspective and we wish you so well with all of your exciting new adventures ahead coming up so soon. Thank you. Thank you everyone for listening to this week's episode and we'll see you next time. Bye. Birth Mothers Amplified is brought to you by the Gladney Center for Adoption and Adoption.com. Make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Birth Mothers Amplified. The views expressed may not represent the views of this program or sponsors and should not substitute seeking the advice of licensed professionals. To speak with an adoption counselor, please call 1-800-236-7898. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.